Freestyle podcast series where we discuss real experiences from those living with diabetes or caring for a loved one with diabetes. I'm Claudine and today we're talking to Helen Wills, better known as the blogger Actually Mummy. Her daughter Maddie was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of nine. We're going to chat about what life is like for parents of children living with diabetes and how they both make the most of their challenges they've faced. Welcome to our Freestyle podcast series. I'm really excited to have you with us. Should we start by you telling us a bit about you and your daughter, Maddie? Yeah, thank you for having me. We're coming up to nearly six years now with Maddie. She was diagnosed at the end of year four. She had bounced out of school telling me it was going to be the best summer ever. And I'll always remember that as very poignant because it was right at the end of that summer she was diagnosed. She's now 15. So life's a lot different and we've been through lots and learned lots. Um, but we're in, you know, we're in a good place. How did you start with the diagnosis? What was the first kind of signs that you spotted? I was quite lucky because I have a blogger friend whose daughter has type 1 and had had it for a couple of years before we were diagnosed. And it's interesting, I'm, I'm just noticing myself saying that we were diagnosed and that is how I feel about the whole thing. Not one person is diagnosed, it's, it's always a family. Having read her blog posts, I kind of knew the basic symptoms. I knew that thirst, extreme thirst and needing to go to the toilet a lot was a symptom. So we picked it up quite quickly with her. Basically, over the summer, everything was fine. She's got a younger brother. So she was nine. He would have been six, I think, at that time. There was a lot more bickering. I was thinking it was just normal summer holiday sibling stuff and normal frazzled mum stuff. So I was yelling at them more often and feeling really bad about that. But then I'd noticed that Maddie was drinking more frequently. She was asking for water rather than just having it with meals. And I knew she was going to the toilet more often. She was getting up in the night. But I hadn't really thought very much of that. And then we took a car journey to visit my mum. And she's about an hour and three quarters drive away. And on the way up and on the way back, both times we had to stop and find a toilet somewhere. And then uh, one night she came through in the middle of the night and said, Mum, I've wet the bed. And she was mortified. And I sat up Googling and thought, right, I had a real sinking feeling in my stomach. And I kept trying to tell myself this was a bladder infection. It would be fine. But deep down, I was quite frightened. So the next day I made a wee in a jar <laughs> and I took that to the doctor. And he was kind of quite dismissive and very, oh, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's nothing. She's still young. And then his he was dipping this, this bottle and his face changed. And that's when I knew. And he said, oh, there is quite a lot of glucose in there. And that was it. Yeah, that must have been a, quite a scary experience for you to um, have read quite a lot about um, what it could be. And then obviously getting them to tell you that it confirmed your your assumptions. How did you talk to Maddie about it? Well, she was there in the surgery with me and she's always been quite bright. She's old for her age, Maddie. So she knew immediately with his face and my face. So basically, she started to wail, which I, I still remember it was really distressing. And she looks back now and says, I had no idea what, what it was, but I knew it was bad. 
Um, yeah, that must have been quite a um, a shock to the system. Exactly. And I always remember our, our doctor is, uh, he's great, but his bedside manner's not the best. He's very austere and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I'm really sorry, it's a big diagnosis. And I still get quite emotional actually thinking about that because it's just not like him to do that. So he knew that this was going to be huge. And so obviously you went to hospital and then you can, they confirmed the diagnosis of type 1 diabetes for Maddie. And then walking away from that, then how did you put your life back on track? So diabetes fitted into your life as opposed to the other way around? Yeah, it took a very, very long time. Um, so it was a process of discovery. Although I knew a bit about diabetes, I had absolutely no idea about the level of management it requires and the amount of things you need to know in order to manage it effectively. And I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I will be honest, I'd say I spent the next two years, all of my spare time was dedicated to reading about and researching diabetes and talking to people and learning everything I could so from those early days, is there anything, any pieces of advice that really stuck out that you kind of still live by today? Yes. So two things. One, I picked up for myself. It's just the way we are as a family. And that was, we came out of hospital, we were in for two days, and we came out of hospital with an absolute determination that this would not, I want to say change our lives, but of course, it has changed our lives dramatically but this would not change how we lived our lives, if you like. The day we were discharged from hospital, she was booked to do um, some surfing on one of those surf simulators at Thorpe Park. And we went, we just went, we took all the needles. I remember carrying a miniature sharps box with me Um, (laughs) and made a test every kind of half hour and she did the surf simulator and she had the best time. And it was gut-wrenching, of course. It was heartbreaking, all of it. And and the emotion that you feel is just devastation at the beginning. But we kind of shoved that aside whenever we could in order to do all the things that we'd always planned to do. And I don't think anything ever came off the agenda because of diabetes. In fact, I said to Maddie, nothing, nothing is going to be stopped because of diabetes. And in actual fact, over the course of the last five and a half years, I think Maddie's done way more than I would have let her do as a parent had she not had diabetes. Because every time something comes along and we go, oh, God, but diabetes, oh, how are we going to do this? (laughs) We just go, right, well, we'll just figure it out. And we do. The other piece of advice was from a specialist nurse in the hospital when she was explaining what how to manage diabetes she said you're aiming for blood sugar between four and seven you're not going to get it very often but that's where you're aiming and it took me a long time to stop not trying was we're always trying to get it between four and seven but to stop beating myself up when it was outside of that range but that voice and that tip from her has always stayed in the back of my head looking at your blogs and the podcast that you've done you obviously live a very very adventurous life you know (laughs) Um, you look like you're definitely living life to the fullest and epitomizing having diabetes fit into yours and Maddie's life as opposed to diabetes ruling your lives 
Yeah, I mean, I think that last phrase, ruling your life, we were just absolutely adamant that that would never happen. We're not having anyone rule our lives. Our lives are our lives and we're doing it our way. I have to say it would have been a lot easier if we decided that we would take a more gentle approach in order to let diabetes fit more easily into our lives. But I think we'd be really sad. Yeah, we are quite adventurous and we do want to do a lot. And I never, ever wanted Maddie to be disappointed about her life because of diabetes. Disappointments come in all shapes and forms, but I never wanted diabetes to be a part of it. And I, I have to say, it has caused me immense stress at times, making sure that we can do all of those things safely with diabetes. But that's the choice we've made. So obviously at Maddie's stage of her life now, I'm sure that the diabetes management is slowly moving from you managing her diabetes to her more managing her diabetes. How have you worked through that transition period? Well, we're still in it and I don't think we'll be out of it before she leaves home. <laughs> I suspect that when she leaves home, assuming it's to go somewhere to, to study further university or something, um, if that happens... I suspect that I will still be heavily involved in reminders for prescription orders. It, it, I have it, The whole thing is one very tiny step at a time and to her agenda. So, for example, very quickly, she wanted to do her own injections. She now, most of the time, she's on a pump now, does her own pump changes. But occasionally she'll say, oh, mum, I'm just fed up with diabetes. Can you do the whole thing for me today? And I'll do it. I still do all her prescription orders. But her GP, because she's 15, wanted her to do her repeat prescription review. So she did that with me sitting in the background. Uh, and maybe next year she'll choose to do that with me in the waiting room. <laughs> Um, and so it's always been like that. And I think, you know, she's a very independent character. So she will show me when she wants to take it from me. The thing that she hasn't really taken, and I am trying to force this on her a little bit, is her pump settings. Right. So to to change her basal rates when we identify an issue. Maddie would quite happily just go along swigging Lucozade, eating chocolate, taking insulin as and when she's got a number that needs dealing with. Uh, whereas I tend to analyse it and look at the patterns and try to figure out what we can do to avoid the need for leukoside and chocolate <laughs> and, and insulin. Um, and so I'm, I'm gradually, because, you know, she's nearly 16, I feel like it took me two years to learn how to do that. And I still get it wrong all the time, but it took me two years to get my head around feeling confident enough to do it. So I feel like I need to do that with her now so that when she's not with me, she can do that for herself. Yeah, and I guess it's a difficult time at that age anyway, isn't it, with hormones and things? I know they have great effects on your glucose levels. And Oh, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, one, one minute you can be fine and then the next minute yeah. you think, well, I'm doing exactly the same as I was doing a minute Out ago. Out of nowhere, completely. <laughs> and that's one thing, you know, that I'm actually really glad that her diagnosis came at the age it did because if I'd gone straight into teenage years, I'm not quite sure what I would have felt. How does Maddie feel about um, the diabetes and, you know, moving on through life? I think she finds that hard. She said to me just recently, actually, I don't like to think about diabetes because if I think about it for more than five or ten minutes, I will cry. So she just doesn't go there. So she keeps herself in the 
what do I need to do with diabetes right now in this minute? And am I going to need to do something specific next Saturday for this party, this stage show, this ice skating event (laughs) that I'm involved in? I I should probably think about that by Friday so that I can make those (laughs) situation you know she's she's teenager she lives in the moment so for for the most part she's she's really good with it do you have quite a good support network obviously through social media nowadays it's a lot easier to connect with people who have type 1 diabetes do you tap into any of those resources online yeah I do she really doesn't she is part of a Facebook group for teenagers with diabetes um and she occasionally dabbles in there but I'm part of uh, the children with diabetes Facebook groups which is an excellent resource so all the anecdotal stuff I've picked up in there all the ways of experimenting and trialing different things you know things like um, we have a real problem with Chinese takeaway in fact it's probably the one thing we've cut out of our lives to a large extent Oh, that's sad. <laughs> well, I, I say this, there is a caveat, because it's it's just so difficult to deal with with blood sugars. However, her diversary, so every year on the day she was diagnosed, it's a Chinese takeaway and an ice cream sundae. I'm fully committed to that. I'm up for the all night blood sugar roller coaster <laughs> if need be. And that's a, that's a given. That's what we do. People have issues with pizza, pasta, cheesy things. Uh, rice and so you in cwd facebook group there's always people willing to offer their experience and advice i love that it's a brilliant group for that have you got any funny or silly anecdotes that you like to reminisce about on the journey that you've had with all your experience with diabetes i tell you what actually is quite funny whenever we see somebody wearing a device that's similar to ours i just instantly want to make friends with them whereas or we see a test strip on the train platform and i'm looking around going who is that person they're my friend (laughs) whereas maddie's so oh mother get over it obviously we talked earlier about how active you are as a family and um i know camping's on your repertoire and um as well as skiing but when you when Maddie first came home and said that she wanted to go on her first sleepover to a friend's house or away or mm. you know where you weren't going to be there how mm. how did you cope with those first feelings uh I mean that is probably the scariest thing you do but the sleepovers were a really big thing when she was that age and I I I'm, I was conscious that she was being excluded from quite a lot of them because parents were worried about taking on that responsibility and so I've always been again in a similar way to the live life to the full attitude it it's it's happening if you've got the opportunity then it's going to happen I you know Maddie doesn't like it but I have to say to the parent I just need to know that you're okay if I phone you in the middle of the night so I can see for safety because she's doing more things without me and she's away from me in the night more frequently now I am trying to teach her to tolerate a higher blood sugar at night for the time being because she's a teenager, because she's, you know, I'm conscious that there will be alcohol (laughs) um, and she needs to be cautious with her blood. So it's an evolving journey. Yeah. And I mean, you've got some big milestones coming up, as you say, um, alcohol and the possibility of going to university and um, the new adventure that that brings for all of you. Um, Talking of adventures, 
Um, what's been a positive thing that's come out of having diabetes? Has there been any positives? Absolutely. Me and Maddie used to lock horns. We're quite similar. We're both quite stubborn. We're both quite argumentative. Uh, so me and her, I would say, didn't have the most amazing relationship before she was diagnosed. And we really have a really good understanding of each other now. It's brought us closer. It's given us um, more tolerance of each other. I do feel really close to her, actually, which I think is unusual for a mum and a daughter in teenage, young teenage years. Anyway, I think it comes back from what I'm hearing later on. But um, I think I, I, I was ready for a struggle through the teenage years with her before diabetes. And I think we've just we've had to depend on each other a lot. And she's needed me more than she thought she did. I can imagine that that that's definitely helped in a relationship building and given you challenges, but different challenges to ones that you might have faced had the diabetes not not come. Yeah, um, absolutely. And as a family, just going back to the adventure, I think, as I said before, it's pushed us as a family do way more things than I probably would have allowed. I'm less cautious than I used to be. That's a, that's an interesting point, actually. The, the thing for me that's come out of it is that I'm less of a warrior, not more, which sounds weird. But I was a real anxious person. I used to even when they were six, I would have been worrying about what happened if they get drunk when they're at university, <laughs> you know, and walk home on their own in the middle of the night. I was, I, I could project forward and imagine that happening and panic about it. Because of diabetes, I, I no longer think beyond the next couple of months. Only if that, only if there's something important. So I think about today, what's happening next weekend, and you know, if there's exams with school I've, you know, I've put together an exam protocol for her at school I think about the things that are on our horizon not the things that might not happen even in in several years time and that I mean you touched on school how how good have the school been our junior school were quite good um, over year five and year six we developed quite a nice relationship with them and they sent teachers into the hospital to be trained, which was good. And then secondary school was an interesting switch. They, because it's a big school, they've got a lot of kids. They were not very receptive to my care plan for Maddie. They wanted to either have nothing to do with it or control it all but in a very prescriptive fashion, according to what they already knew. And so I've worked quite hard with them and I've had to be quite strong in terms of well kind of standing up to them and just saying oh look this is what Maddie needs this is what we will need to do for her where it's helped is that Maddie's always very independent and she's always wanted to do it for herself and so really we just needed to teach school what Maddie was doing and to trust her to do it and to trust that if she said she needed support she did really need it. So I think school, it's a real ongoing relationship. They need to get to know you. They need to get to know the child and the parent and understand that you're you're not against them in any way. You're just there to work for the best results of your child. So we have come, we have had stumbling blocks where school have had specific ways of doing things. I mean, it's natural, isn't it? They're such a big organization. They need their protocols and their routines and their rules. And 
someone coming along and saying, well, I want you to do it differently, it's quite hard for them to take. So I, that's probably where some of my biggest stress has been in terms of just predicting what might happen for Maddie in a situation. But I have to say, over the years, it's worked really well. They trust her very much now. They know she's no trouble. Um, and I think they trust and know that I'm not there to be a pain in the neck for the sake of it. You know, I'll stay out of it as long as she's okay. I'll only ever get involved if I need. So, for example, during exams, we've set up that she can use her phone to see her numbers through her CGM app. They didn't want that. They really didn't want that. They thought the exam boards would be against it. So I've had to do some research and, and, and print off some stuff and show them and say, look, I know that exam boards have allowed this before in this situation, in these circumstances, and this is how you do it. And if you provide them with all the tools they need, then they, they tend to climb down and go, oh, all right, then we'll ask the exam boards. And then they come back and say, amazingly, the exam board said yes. <laughs> and you're having a little victory dance. <laughs> yeah, so you just have to keep your patience and try to understand that if you're, if you're pushing for something they've never done before, it's hard for them to get their heads around. So you have to sort of lead them gently, I think. <laughs> I like that, leading them gently. <laughs> um, I just wanted to close on, um, you've obviously mentioned Children with Diabetes Facebook group, but have you got any other um, resources that you have relied on or found really useful that you can point out to people listening? Yeah, absolutely. Early in diagnosis, I was recommended um, the book called Type 1 Diabetes by Ragnar Hannas. It's like a diabetes Bible. I read it cover to cover, but a lot of people will just use it to dip in and out of. But it is a real kind of it covers everything in really easy to understand terms. And I think that's the, the, the book to read at the beginning, because there's so much out there that's confusing and there's so much that you can learn from further down the line, but you need to start with basics. So I say that at the beginning was was the best. And then my favourite book, further down the line, when I knew what I was doing and I wanted to manipulate it a little bit more, was um, Think Like a Pancreas by Gary Shiner. Yeah. Shiner, is that how we say it? that's amazing that has really helped me since going onto a pump to figure out basal settings and split boluses and and all the things that a pump can do but it 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 it, re it puts it really simply very straightforward and it really makes you think oh okay there's more to this than just timed doses and finger pricks and <laughs> you can actually manipulate things in a much more sophisticated way but don't do that until further down the line. If you're newly diagnosed, <laughs> do Ragnar Hannes book first. Go there later. It, uh, I remember my um, DSN in the early days saying, Helen, the questions you're asking are PhD level diabetes management and you are still doing GCSE diabetes management. You need to get your GCSE before you move on to the next stage. Because I was frustrated and wanted to know more. But she was right. You diabetes is a big learning curve you just need to go a step at a time that sounds really solid advice and thank you so much for today Helen it's been really enjoyable talking to you and hearing about yours and Maddie's roller coaster of a life with diabetes um, we hope that our listeners who are parents and carers have learned something or have gained some inspiration from your story and um, Maddie's so please check out Helen's blog 
actuallymummy.co.uk and her podcast Teenage Kicks, where she gives more insights into parenting a teenager. You can also get a lot more support from our fantastic education site, Freestyle Progress. There you can find the Freestyle Libre Academy, tutorial videos, on-demand webinars and lots more. That's all online at progress.freestylediabetes.co.uk. That's all for now and thank you for listening. The information provided is not intended to be used for medical diagnosis or treatment or as a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your physician or qualified health provider regarding your condition and appropriate medical treatment. Individual symptoms, situations and circumstances may vary.